All right, welcome to this special episode of the DC Godcast. We are changing the format slightly for these special episodes where um, instead of having students interview guests about questions about the faith, what we're doing is taking on some sort of topic related to Godspell, uh, which we're super excited about. So in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about some of the parables that underlie um, the, the musical Godspell. Yeah, and isn't it exciting that here with us is Mrs. Gahagan and Mr. Cronin to talk on the Godcast. So welcome to the Godcast episode. Thank Talking you. about Godspell, how excited are we for our students putting on this production? Like, it's awesome, isn't it? I'm excited for students doing any production, and yeah. most especially excited excited for students doing a production about Jesus. Yay! That's right. They've been working so hard. They really have. Um, I stayed late for the PSO last night for, for that meeting, and I it was 9 p.m., and our students were still in the building working to put this thing together. So yeah. I'm so proud of how hard they're working, and I'm excited to see it. It's cool. So just for some context, we literally just pulled Mr. Cronin and Ms. Gahagan out of the hallway to be here. So thank you guys for jumping in for a few minutes. I mean, that uh, is leadership dedication. That's right, Servant yeah. leadership dedication. Jumping in last minute Really put, us. Really being put on the spot, so I don't promise you know anything elegant or super articulate here, but do the best we can. No, that's great. So I thought maybe we'd start with a, the description that Mr. Bush um, has been sharing with our staff about what Godspell is and then go from there. Um, so here's the description that he sent out. A small group of people help Jesus Christ tell different parables using a wide variety of games, storytelling techniques, and hefty doses of comic timing. An eclectic blend of songs ranging in style from pop to vaudeville is employed as the story of Jesus' life dances across the stage. Dissolving hauntingly into the Last Supper and the Crucifixion, Jesus' messages of kindness, tolerance, and love come vibrantly to life. So essentially... In a short way, this musical seems to focus on the parables of Jesus and then intersperses that with some of the stories um, of his life. Um, so what we thought we would do is talk a little bit about parables generally and then dive into a couple of the parables that are present in uh, this particular production. So, Mr. Cronin, could you give us a, like, what is a parable? Give us a little mm. explanation. A parable um, is, you know, lessons, spiritual and moral lessons that Jesus used to, to teach us mm. how to follow him better and how to be um, better servants um, and servers to others. So um, what I love about reading the parables is that they are really still applicable to everyday life um, so true. in the way we treat others. I think the parables are really interesting because when at least I read them, there's clearly a context that they're written for. Yep. Um, and so to understand them requires understanding some basic things about life 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But even at the same time, there's still some like very deep truths that come through those yeah. parables that like have great meaning for us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's one of the many things I love about the parables. Yeah. I say, like, I learn best through storytelling. I think that's why, especially when it comes to faith, when people tell stories about how Jesus is impacting their day-to-day life and and how they have been able to see him in the story of their life, that's what I connect to. So when Jesus speaks in parables, for me, I think, in the Gospels, that's when I feel most connected to the lessons he's trying to get across. Like, I'm like, I get it. Like you said, Mr. Garner, like, it's applicable today, said so long ago. With the context of, of where Jesus was at and, and speaking to to the people. To the mm-hmm. people. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, what we might do in this episode is not go through all the parables that are in this musical. Because basically the, the bulk of the content 
it's just different parables that are either retold or comically told. Um, so instead of trying to go through a lot of them, what Mrs. Wilkerson and I have done is picked out one parable each that is presented in this musical that we could offer a couple quick thoughts on um, to dive into some of the parables, again, yeah. that we'll see on stage. So would you mind maybe starting with the, the one that you picked? Yeah, the one that I picked was from uh, Luke, and it's chapter 18, when um, Jesus is talking about the Pharisee and the tax collector and their different approaches to prayer. And if you remember in this particular story, the tax collector's prayer is, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like, dear God, thank you for not making me like these other sinners, right? And so like, that's his whole prayer. Like, I am so good and I am grateful to you, Lord, for not having me be like the pagans that are all around me. Whereas the tax collector, right, who would be thought of as the person that, um, I don't know, is, is working against God, his prayer is he like cast down his eyes and he says like, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. And it's funny, the reason this parable hits me, and I'm going to be a little raw and honest here, a lot of times when I read the parables, like, I'm projecting out on other people. Like, I'm like, oh, I know who Jesus is talking about there, right? <laughs> and that is so exactly what the Pharisee is doing in this particular par uh, parable. Like, it's easy yeah. to see the character, like, the, uh, the um, person that's causing the conflict as someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus has challenged to me personally, and it is like really personal when I read this scripture, is like, no, I'm actually talking to you, right? When I tell these stories, it's not about you looking at the other people, it's about you internalizing and how do I approach God in my prayer as somebody who's like a cradle Catholic and I try to like live in the reality of the church. It can be very easy for me to forget that uh, God's passionate mercy for me I need to respond to that with a certain sense of like humility and awe, right? And so uh, I like it because it's kind of like, it's like a little, I don't know, it's, it slaps me on the hand and I'm like, oh man, I think I'm more Pharisee than tax collector sometimes. And sure. it's, it's a good call on. So that's why I like that one. I, I like that one too. Yeah. There are slightly different things about it that really speak to me, but yeah. I love in this society where it's really easy to get tempted into classifying, mm. especially others, you know, good, bad, you've got this particular title or yep. you have this association, so I already know where your heart lies. Mm. Um, and I, I actually overheard a, a, you know, a group of students and I were kind of bantering about some of this at a recent sports game the other day. And the thought that came to me, and it was not this particular parable we were bantering about, sure. but just about interpreting other people and their actions. Yeah. And the question that came to my mind was, how could we possibly know where their heart lies? Right. How could we know that? Right. Um, and this parable speaks to that, that challenge of you know avoiding the temptation to make assumptions about where another's heart lies and just simply allow them to speak for themselves and yeah. show it themselves yeah 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 yeah. it's so funny mrs gahagan i will say in the time that i've known you i see that like i see you always seeking the perspective of the other mm -hmm. and that has helped me in the short amount of time i've i've been at this school so look at that you're living that parable. Well, off. sometimes I'm a Pharisee myself, <laughs> so it's great. You won't get too deep into the gratitude of me, but <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the other parable that uh, I thought we could at least very briefly dig into is the parable of the lost or prodigal son. Uh, that that gets put on display here. So that parable essentially, there's a man who has two sons. The younger son decides he wants his father's inheritance, essentially and effectively telling his dad, "Like I wish you were dead. I just mm. want your money." He runs off, wastes all his dad's money comes to this point of like complete despair, uh, close to despair. 
and then realizes, like, even my dad would treat his servants better than this. So he runs back to his dad where there's this great embrace and welcome back. Um, and then there's a twist at the end where you find that the older son has been harboring, like, this resentment in his heart and isn't able to forgive his brother. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I find, just like you were suggesting, Ms. Wilkerson, um, kind of some back and forth personally in this story because my attention is usually drawn to this younger son, this judgmental, like, how dare you, you know, waste your father's money? How dare you waste your father's possessions? Yeah. But he ultimately is the one who has the actual conversion in this story. And the older son, by the end, is the one who, even though he's, quote-unquote, done the right things, by right. the end, he's the one who's stuck in this cycle of um, judgment, resentment, stubbornness. And even when he's invited into the party, which is analogous to heaven, he, like, refuses to go in. Yeah. And so there's this stubbornness that I think is very much at play there. Mm. And, again, I think we see, we were talking in an earlier podcast about extremes. Mm -hmm. Like, we see the two extremes at play. Mm -hmm. But at least for the younger son, there's this conversion that takes place. Yeah. Mm. Um, So we could probably go on for a long time about these parables. That's so good. Maybe one final point that I think is interesting. We both pick parables, ironically, that are from Luke's gospel. Um, However, most of this musical is actually from Matthew's gospel. Mm. So just a little note of irony. um, But most of this musical that we're going to be seeing um, soon for Godspell is based on the writings of Matthew in that gospel. Um, The reason that uh, Luke's show up is that the the writers did sample from all the gospels, but apparently they made like a a marketing decision just to focus it on Matthew. um, (laughs) Matthew's the one that gets the most like for his his storytelling. It's interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank Thank you for joining us on this very uh, last minute to jump on the podcast. Yeah, we're thrilled thrilled to be here and happy to have joined in on my first podcast ever. It's the first podcast experience. And you heard the bell, so that's that's the Lord telling us it is time for us to end this podcast episode. Take this moment to just say go blue to all of our listeners (laughs) in Michigan towards a great I'm going to say go Falcons because we're still okay. amidst, you know, That's right. exciting yes. sports. Volleyball moments. tonight. Go <laughs> Falcons. Right. Yes. I'll be there bringing the Cronin kids. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh, fun. Fantastic. All right. All right. All right. Thank you both. Take care, Falcons. Yes.